Hi. Yeah, so today I am in a mental focus understanding place, an emotional space where I have an understanding of a thing, but it definitely brings about some strong emotions. For instance, <clears throat> um, rationalizing that I'm a healer uh, is something that has been difficult for me. Because while I've understood that I've had this uh, particular gift and this particular understanding most of my life because I was the friend that made everything happy for certain people when I was in the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. Um, when I went to the Presbyterian Church, I was the, the, the friend that like brought cheer uh, to scenarios that were painful and uncomfortable. Um, there was a great amount of uh, witness to see that I brought light wherever I went at jobs. People would honestly get extremely upset that I didn't commit to the career that I had engaged in only to see if that I, I wanted to see if I wanted to participate in it or not. <clears throat> um, I was called a wayward king by some friends when I was younger. Uh, a friend in particular. I can't say some friends because to acknowledge that someone is a king means that you accept who they are. Um, which is why I called them a king. Uh, I told them that if I was the wayward king, then they were the king of our friend circle at the time. I don't think they um, really understood what I was saying is like they would take a lot of responsibility for a lot of scenarios. When I was I was pretty destructive at the time and was like, I'll explode a house with, with me inside of it if it'll get rid of the uh, rid of the ops. <laughs> uh, opposition, by the way, but. So I was just, I was sitting here on a Sunday and having this moment where I was just, you know, feeling feelings because that's a good part of healing. Um, I was processing through like how I didn't want to interact with certain people, how certain people make me feel too, too, too. Um, and how like I can be in a situation where I am really aware of myself. I'm really aware of what I do for others. And going through the studies that I'm going through, being aware of that doesn't change the amount of, um, how do I say this? Being a healer doesn't mean you have a family. Just because there are people who want you in their lives doesn't mean they'll stay in your life. So you get into the situation where you know that there's something that you do for people that they might not actually be able to do for you. And I'm rationalizing now with how painful that is because no matter what, um, no matter how much desire I might have for family, no matter how much time I would want to spend with another person, the person is only coming to me to be healed of something. Maybe, whether it be like a frustration, whether it be like, they want some sort of uh, uplifting word, uh, whether it be anything of that sort. Uh, I don't get to keep that person in my life. That person is only coming to me to be healed. Uh, you hear all those stories of the witches that live in the forest in their own little cabin out in the middle of nowhere in the woods. And people only go to visit that witch when they have a problem. 
they don't go to stay with her. She doesn't have, like, apprentices. She doesn't have, like, some kind of person, sorcerer's apprentice, working under her to learn all her spells. That's why witches make covens, because then there's a bunch of them who know how to work the magic, who all kind of stay together, who all kind of work the healing, who kind of stay together. But that isn't something that gets them family. So they make an agreement contractually to stay with one another, to share experiences and to share magic and to share like all of the life force that they're exchanging to have some kind of camaraderie. I'm not there yet. I don't have a coven. I don't have a group of other witches to participate with. I don't have a group of other wise men in the middle of the desert all studying. I don't have a group of Roman eunuchs who all engage in the practice of uplifting and aiding and loving other people. So I'm experiencing a great amount of loneliness uh, because no one is doing what I do for other people for me. And it's not that I don't go outside of myself and ask for assistance. It's not that I'm like, oh, no one can help me. I'm not doing well. Uh, uh, This is something that only I can fix. No, no, no. It's just that the people in my environment aren't me. They aren't like me. And while I understand that we're not all the same exactly, but we're all cut from the same cloth, you know, like when you look at the elephant, are you getting the trunk? Are you getting the leg? Are you getting the tail? Are you touching the side? Are you getting a, a, a horn in the, in the blind men parable who are all feeling on this thing and not sure what they're looking at because they all got a different part in their hand? Um, so I get that they were all cut from the same part. I just don't think that where I currently am is a coven because I don't think all of them are doing, you know, they're doing their best to heal themselves. And that's an internal process. That's an inside for themselves process. I'm, you know, healing happens for everybody because we all experience a certain level of trauma. You know, we all go through a process where we've been rejected. We all go through a process where someone has uh, taken away power from us. Uh, we all go through an experience where um, we don't have a, a strong foundation to stand off of in a uh, certain environment. We've all gone through that. So healing happens for everybody. There's no, there's no, oh, I'm not healing because there's nothing wrong with me. There's always healing for every single person, every every time, every participation. Uh, everyone is always interacting in a way that will either benefit your growth or um, you'll recognize that you need more growing to occur. But everyone's always healing. So I'm, I'm not without healing is to say that. So it's not like I'm saying like, oh, you know, um, they can't heal me. No, because you have this experience where you interact with these people And even giving light, even giving love, even giving healing experiences is a sort of love. It's a sort of healing uh, because when you're producing that feeling, uh, if the person is reciprocative and they're not rejecting you, that's also pretty healing. Um, And I've had both experiences occur. I've had experiences where I could give love to someone. I could give a positive experience, a positive word, a kind word to someone and they accept it. I've also had an experience where, you know, I admonish somebody with love and they reject it because of how frequently uh, love is used as bait to manipulate people. And since we all have trauma, 
You know, I can't tell them, oh, you know, I just really want to love you. And then them sincerely believe that without feeling like they're under the guise of being manipulated because that's how manipulators get you is they tell you that they're going to do one thing and then they do this experience that makes you really uncomfortable and not trustworthy to the next experience. Uh, I started this with saying like, I'm looking at myself, have this experience of discomfort because I'm having it. I'm not not having it. Let's just get over that. <laughs> I'm totally having this experience of discomfort, but I'm not running from it. I'm not I'm not doing what I would normally do. Uh, I'm not smoking my problems away with marijuana. Uh, I'm not engaging in promiscuous sexual behavior with uh, a partner or a random person or anybody of that matter. I'm not disassociating. I'm not just like throwing myself into some kind of content, TV, uh, music. I'm, I'm literally just sitting here processing. And I thought if I'm going to be processing, I haven't made one of these uh, podcasts in a while. I might as well use this time to make a podcast. So I've got myself kind of like isolated in a room um, in a space where I won't necessarily be bothered. I can't say that I won't be bothered, but I'm in a space where I won't necessarily be bothered. So uh, I can give more of this effort and time to this thing. Now, I'm not in my current space because the space that I currently occupy, I haven't cleaned I, I have some laundry that is like in need to go to the laundry. Like it's all sorted already. Pants, socks, shirts, underwear, so forth and so on. I just haven't taken it. And I got this like huge project that I've been working on, which is just like a big grasshopper. And it's just like all in my space. My space is a little cluttered right now. So my thoughts are a little cluttered in that space. So what I need to do after this podcast is go up there and kind of clear that space out. But again, I'm not denying that. I'm not like, oh, no. There's no problems here. There's nothing causing a feng shui issue. Uh, the, the energy is perfectly directed through this space. If anything, I'm in a place where I can acknowledge all of what I'm feeling right now. And even though I sound chipper, it's kind of like there's a happiness in the fact that I recognize myself. There is an, an unhappiness in that. Even though the feeling I'm feeling of loneliness and um, a smidge of despair uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not denying those things. So I'm really proud of myself for being able to, to acknowledge and see that that exists. But like I was just really mulling over how it's kind of been a constant in my life for me to always seek out a family. And I was rationalizing coming to terms with the fact that healers don't have families. Uh, they 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 can have a group again. They can have a coven. They can have a school of scholars, you know. But a family is something that you can make from that group of people again, with a commitment to trust one another and bear all the things. But I haven't I haven't really found that yet. As much as I wanted to, I'm still not a part of a group. And so I'm sitting with the sadness of that. I'm sitting with the 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 longing of wanting to be a part of a group and to wanting to be accepted and not denied the ability to express my magical prowess and not be denied um, my ability to share love the way that I do, not be rejected um, with the person that I take the shape of, you know? Just being real open with myself and, and acknowledging that I have this desire, which will ultimately continue as long as I don't rationalize 
that it's okay for me not to have it. It's okay for me not to have a family. It's okay for me not to have a group. It's okay for me to be alone. And each time I've gone through another upgrade, quote unquote, another level up in my process, another, oh, I understand better who I am and what I am. There's always been the notification that you can do it by yourself. And the only person who will ever do any of this stuff is the person who is taking the steps. So like I could go to college, but I have to want to stay in college for college to do anything. Uh, I could apply myself to a career, but I would have to find that career very motivating in order for me to stay in it. Um, since I have such a uh, uh, experience with trauma and not having to facilitate, uh, what is this called? Uh, I've been homeless since I was 16, so I haven't had to have a means of income to eat or survive for some time. So finding a means of income that makes me want it is difficult to come by as of right now. I don't know a lot of stuff that I want to do for money and whilst listening to other people tell me how to do it, what to do, have someone sitting over me, you know, I could farm. I really want to farm. Uh, that's that's like my whole end goal is to get into farming. But I don't think I could do like apprentice farming again because I did that last summer and this summer passed. Where I was living with someone who had farmland who was just very unpleasant to experience. Um, being in that experience with them was very troubling, uh, very uncomfortable. It was an experience where <clears throat> someone told me I had safety and space and we would become a coven. Uh, they told me I would be able to operate that land. I would be able to build a permanent home there. But this is how I've come to learn manipulators. I didn't get like a lesson from other people who had been manip manipulated. I got my lessons directly. I went out and experienced manipulators firsthand. I went out and got these this information firsthand. I got to hear from other people. Like I had a manipulator tell me her name was Laura. Um, there's several Laura's in my life. But this Laura specifically would say to me stuff like, tell me how I'm doing, you know, tell me how I'm making you feel. Because a part of her, um, I guess, obsession or addiction to manipulating other people was knowing that she was a good manipulator. She liked to know that she could emotionally persuade other people to do stuff she wanted. Uh, so much so that we were having a conversation once. And in the middle of that conversation, I watched her husband partner, Joe or Robert or whatever his name is, uh, he was on the phone and he kind of like lied. Like, no, like I don't have a, a, a there was no white lie there. He, he just didn't tell the truth. He used a lot of like um, uh, coercion in the conversation. And I was like, whoa, you know, that's crazy. You kind of sound like uh, Laura or Laura sometimes does that. That thing you just did there. I was I was observing a pattern and I wasn't recognizing what the pattern was because I hadn't gotten a real facilitation of what manipulation was at that point. Uh, I knew what manipulation was, but there was so there's so many levels to manipulation. I didn't have an understanding of what this one was. And I asked Laura, I was like, hey, do you also you like do this thing that Joe does? And Laura looked me in the face and was like, ha ha, you'll, you, you'll never know, buddy. <laughs> and it was like, whoa, well, you just admitted that there's a strong possibility of you lying directly to me. 
And you said it with such um, glee that it's like a part of what you would want. You wouldn't want me to know if you were lying to me. And and that's kind of that, that couple is kind of how I really got like a good like I mean there's a plenty more experiences not just that couple but that couple specifically gave me a lot of um, interface with what it was like to be manipulated um, by someone who told me that there was a possibility for me to have a family. Now I've I've got a bunch of situations under my belt where someone was explaining something to me. Uh, using manipulation tactics. I mean, I've manipulated in the past, but I'm I'm really earnest. Like, if I need a place to live, I'm not trying to hide that I need a place to live. If I need food, I'm not trying to hide that I need food. If I want to engage in sexual intercourse, I'm not trying to hide that I want to have sexual intercourse with a person. I'm not trying to manipulate a person into thinking I want anything other than what I'm asking for. Uh, and that I learned that manipulation is is kind of like uh, it's telling people that you're in danger. It's crying wolf. That's the story that I remember from a kid, but I don't remember when I first heard that. I don't think I actually heard it as a child. I think I might have heard it in my teens. Crying wolf is the perfect term to manipulation. Uh, it's saying that there's something dangerous in front of you and around you and within your space, and then there not being anything there so that people can have an emotional response to you. Uh, it's what quote unquote abused children do. Uh, the bad child, they act out so that you give them attention. That's manipulation. Um, I'm working on a book about manipulation and <laughs> thanks universe. I hear you loud and clear. I'm going to write the book. Okay. Um, <laughs> so with that being said, um, I just, the experience that I've had with trying to gain family has been one arduous experience because it, it hasn't always favored me. It hasn't always um, it hasn't always been the most safe for me. Like I'm always safe, always, always, but uh, it hasn't been emotionally or mentally safe. And those scars haven't gone anywhere. You know, those those are scars that I live with. Those are those are things that I have to continuously, constantly, always try to get over now, because at some point in time, I will be able to have a safe space at some point in time in the future. Or I mean, time is not real. At some point in time in this in this specific existence, I will be able to have um, a lot of like security in the platform that I'm working. So it won't be that. I'm looking for something, it'll be it'll be more or less so that I get to have this experience and know that I have this experience and not be terrified that this experience is happening. So I'm working with right now trying to process how to do a great amount of what's happening for me. Um, doing my best with gaining facility and putting effort into like really processing a way to like, how do I, I'm trying to figure out how to word this because it isn't that I'm struggling with something because I've accepted that as a healer, I don't get to maintain control over a group of people unless they willingly come to me. 
So there's a sadness in that, but there's also the recognition in that whoever shows up and wants to join me, whoever wants to visit me, whoever wants to come see me will be doing it of their own accord and it won't be through the means of manipulation. But whilst I'm waiting for that group to happen, whilst I'm waiting for the stability in that location to occur, whilst I'm waiting for this particular uh, instance to build up, there's still all this experience of lack right now. This because there's a there's a strong desire to be in the midst of other people who care for me. There's a strong desire to be weak. There's a strong desire to relax because I don't currently relax. Um, I'm currently always on guard. Um, there is no middle ground for that. There is always a be prepared. Um, to give someone else space so that I'm not constantly in the, the idea or on guard for manipulation is pretty uncomfortable. Um, I mean, I'm confident. I'm confident in my ability to engage with people safely because I read stuff like there's no tomorrow uh, because of all my experience with manipulation. One second. I'm going to take a sip of juice. It's OJ. Um, so I would love to just have that experience. I would love to, to be healed by another healer and not feel like I'm taxing them because they have this whole other world that they have to go back to engaging with and they don't want to heal me. <laughs> they only came to me for some healing. They didn't come to me to get, they didn't come to me so that, 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 that they could heal me. They didn't. You know, I get little little touch-ups every once in a while, you know, like if I'm a car that's been in an accident, someone comes and recoats my pain every once in a while, you know, so we'll make sure that my brakes are working. You know, we're making sure that the gas canister can hold gas, you know, we're making sure that the thermostat works and the and the thermometer and all of the um, the dashboard signals work. We make sure the lights work. But the frame of the car is still getting dinged up pretty hard, guys. <laughs> it still holds stuff at people. And it's not it's not it's not making that grunting noise anymore since we got the gaskets on the transmission fixed. But all the mechanics know what I'm talking about. Um, it's 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 still painful. It's still mind mind bogglingly painful to just sit here and be alone. And I don't I don't know what to do with that right now. Because everything that I've learned about being a human is always so that you can do something for something else. I, I haven't learned anything else. And people say, oh, you're not. I, I specifically go out of my way to say you're not obligated to do anything because you're not. Uh, you don't have a responsibility to anyone but yourself because you don't. But then I'm looking at it. I'm looking at my abilities. I'm looking at the gifts that I have been given by the universe. Okay, These are things that I can do. These are things I have the ability to do without a doubt. I don't care if you want to call it spiritual. I don't care if you want to call it alien, Lumerian, uh, Atlantean, whatever you want to call it. You call me, what is it? Um, plebeian? What are they? What is it, the aliens called? I don't have their names in my mind right now because I don't talk to them as frequently with the aliens and their names. Uh, most of the thoughts that I use are nonverbal, so it's like trying to—it's like trying to explain sign language in English. It's not the same, so I digress. But like these abilities, 
make people not want to be near me. <laughs> I'm always transmuting energy. I'm always taking a negative thing into a positive. And people like to be sad. People are addicted to sadness. And I had no clue that that was a real thing. People have been in so many traumatic experiences. Like several of my exes have rejected me. And I mean like vehemently have just pushed me away like the dams opening on a uh, like a flood breaking through a dam wall just pushed away okay and I mean I've had people stop being my friends because their desire to see the world the way that they've always seen it doesn't give them space to do anything other than see the world the way that they've always seen it there is no new way like, I just learned that I fit female pants and I throw quotes around female and pants around uh, quotes. Um, size 20. These are the best pants I've ever had in my whole life. And I hate everyone who doesn't design menswear like this. You guys suck. You suck terribly. Why aren't all jeans stretchy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like slacks or anything like that because those can bump nuggets. But like, why aren't all jeans stretchy? I'm just diverting really quickly off of the other thought because I was getting more sad. So this is a diversion. This is a distractionary technique to keep me from diving into the abyss. Jeans should be stretchy. Okay? Because like, I like being able to kick above my head all the time. I like being able to squat without worry or concern that something's going to pop a threshold. What is wrong with you that when we first discovered jeans could be stretchy, all of them didn't start being stretchy after that. I'm not talking about a relaxed fit. I'm not talking about skinny jeans, okay? Because I don't want to be stuffed into a sausage casing. I want most jeans to feel like, what are they called? Wax jeans? Feel like wearing sweatpants, okay? I want every jeans to feel like gray sweatpants season. And if there are other people who are like, no, no, I look really good in jeans. I don't knock you, bud. You go, you go right ahead. You don't need to squat or like do a thing with your legs fully open. That's fine. I don't squat really well with my knees together. I need to, I need to like, my thighs do this thing when I bend down. They expand because I have the calves of God. I mean, in the, the thighs of God, okay? Just everything just wants to do a thing that's not, it's not sitting still. It's, it's not doing that. I'm a big body, okay? I'm, I'm built like I'm a big body. Just, I don't have a, I'm a, I'm a linebacker and I got thighs, okay? So when I squat, my thighs eat jeans, okay? Just Pow, pow, just pow. So you know, just just a little rant about how all jeans should be stretching. Cause what the f? I I yelled at my sister. I didn't yell at her, but I gave her a lot of emotional output. I was like, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me jeans were stretchy? She was like, oh, they're not all stretchy. It depends on the make. I was like, mm -mm, no, 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 no. You don't get to. You don't get to undersell this. You don't. You don't get to undersell. You could have. You could have. You didn't see me burst through pants. You didn't say nothing. You didn't want to just like come whisper in my ear. Hey, I know you already got a little sugar in your tank. So here's some jeans that'll fit you a little better. And you could do that thing squatting and stuff. That's it'll, it'll work. It's fine. You'll never bust through your jeans again. Mommy's a seamstress. You know we could just sew them so they look like regular pants. And the top part just be man. You don't even understand. My childhood would have been a different place. I would have had so many less issues with dysphoria and dysmorphic response to being alive. But anyways, I digress. 
Now that I've boosted myself up again, I can continue talking about the sad matter of being alone and not having a necessary group to engage in with all this healing. See that? Like those moments, you know? I admit that I'm sad, and then my body starts pushing out serotonin, oxycontin, and dopamine. I start doing a thing to facilitate that I'm healing. And I don't, I don't deny that I'm healing. It just requires often enough for me to be alone in a moment. That's it. I don't do sad for very long a period of time. I address that it's there. I acknowledge that it's an experience that I'm having. I do not have depression. I experience it. I do not have anger. I experience it. And it is very abrupt, okay? Like breathing. You don't you don't have breathing. You experience it. You breathe and then you exhale. Then you breathe in. Then you exhale. Then you breathe in. Then you exhale. Those are very short-term experiences. I like how when people say, oh, you're such an angry person. I go, mm, no, I'm very direct. And often enough time, the people that I'm engaging with don't respect my boundaries. And I have the right as a person that is alive, to defend said boundary. Now, if I choose to do it in a kind manner, cool. It doesn't make it less valid if I am aggravated whilst doing so. Your understanding or your trauma against being responded to in an aggravated manner because of what you've experienced in life, that's a personal thing. I, I don't have that. I don't, I don't have that to give you for you to get over that. When your boss tells you you've done something incorrectly, you don't get mad at your boss. You don't raise your voice at your boss. You change your behavior because that is a thing you value, your boss's opinion of you. You value your professor's opinion of you. You value your doctor's opinion of you. Some people do. So when you have this information come in, this what is it called? There's a phrasing for it. It is called constructive criticism coming from a person that you respect their opinion of. You are more likely to change that behavior. When you don't respect the participant engaging with you, you are going to reject that opinion. Okay? And that is my experience continuously with all of the scenarios that I've gone through, even while I was being manipulated, because I respected these people, I tried my best to accept what was happening to me as constructive criticism. But then I watched them explain it to me. We watched some videos together. I watched these people explain to me that they were having an experience that said what they were doing was abusive to other people. What they were doing to other people was like something that they could do that would be negative if perceived in another way. And so when you get to have those moments with having someone teach you that a behavior is abusive and then you watch them commit to doing the same behavior, you know, you know, you, you don't have any more confusion. You don't have any more misunderstanding. You're not you're not trying to to guess at that point what's happening. You're not trying to um, figure out if what's happening is something that shouldn't be happening. You're not trying to. Uh, gather um, uh, response time or you know that you're in a scenario where you're not safe anymore. So when I went from being safe to unsafe and I started engaging as such, uh, I have been told that I'm violent. I have been told that I'm crazy. I have been told that I'm psychotic. I have been told that I'm schizoidal. Whatever thing you want to say to denote me saying that I'm no longer safe and I've explained that I have a boundary that I no longer want you to overstep, those things haven't been respected, which is why I have desired to be a hermit on the side of a mountain for so long. 
I've desired to want to live in a cave because I didn't think anyone could respect my boundaries. Now I know that everyone can respect my boundaries because every stranger that I meet hasn't overstepped my boundary. And when I tell them that they've overstepped my boundary, it is only after they become relaxed with the person that I am when I am kind. It is only when they think that my behavior is soft enough for them to overstep that they continue to try to apply abusive behavior to our relationship. In no way, shape, or form am I saying every soft person is an aggressive person. What I'm saying is that anything put into a situation where they have to determine whether they are safe or not can become aggressive. It is a full, full-on response to being um, in a scenario that one does not want to remain in. Don't know if that's every single person that would engage that way. There are some people who are fight, flight, or freeze. You know, some people lock up, lock down. They, uh, it's called stonewalling. They shut down. They have no response. They have no idea how to engage. Their trauma said that if they did anything any further than what they were doing, they would shut down. I used to do that. I, <laughs> my response now is try me. My response now is, I want you to do whatever you think is possible for you. I accept that that's who you are. I acknowledge that that's what you want to be. I'm accountable to whatever you decide that you're going to do. I also want you to accept the same terms of condition for me. I want you to know, since you have no respect and border for my boundary, I will have no respect and border for your boundary. Sometimes that means leaving in the middle of a conversation. Sometimes that means me yelling at the top of my lungs. Sometimes that means defending myself physically. Whatever it may be. I understand and acknowledge that that is what I am doing with no kind of like ill repute from you having your response. You can have whatever response you want. Now, if I'm in a consensual relationship with someone, this is what I enjoy. I enjoy consensual relationships. If I know my partner likes to wrestle and wrestling will get her to be calm or him to be calm or them to be calm when we engage in any kind of like frustration, I'll take off all my earrings, my glasses. I'll undo my hair so there's no rubber bands and there's not like anything all over the place. We can move all the couches out of the way. We can put down a bunch of blankets. We can put down all the mattresses, all the fluffy stuff, and then we can wrestle. I'm totally okay with someone needing to discharge physically, consensually. I'm totally okay with the silent treatment as long as I know my partner needs that quiet. Hey, I'm not doing okay on now. I'm going to go shut myself in the, in the office for an hour. And after an hour, you know, let me, let me come chat with you. Okay? Consensually. I'm okay with, the, um, with, with any kind of dynamic that can be agreed upon. I'm okay with that. Most people don't put that into consideration when they're engaging in their relationships. People don't offer because they don't want to seem like there's something wrong with them. And I started this conversation off with, I'm sad. I'm, a, I'm witness to me being sad. I'm witness to my disturbance right now. I'm witness to the fact that I'm not able to be where I want to be. But I acknowledged that this is where I am and it, and it was making me happy, you know? I wasn't having two motions simultaneously. I was penduluming between two. I think I made that up. I was, I was on the pendulum between two. There was a sway. Uh, I don't know the phrase that would describe the motion other than pendulum. I swung between two emotions, though. It's always that way. 
Everyone says the dichotomy is a thing that we argue with, that there, there's no such thing as black or white. Everything is literally black or white. All the time, 100% of the time, you either yes or no a scenario. There's no in between that. You, there's no maybes. Your maybe is a, is, a, is a soft no. Your maybe is, I need some more manipulation. I need some more convincing. It's still no, though. It isn't yes. So if they engage with you during your maybe, you're being violated because you haven't agreed yet. You haven't consented to anything. It's always yes or no. And right now, I know <laughs> I'm experiencing sadness. I'm experiencing discomfort with being alone and not having my tribe. I'm experiencing such a sadness about that. I, I tried to make children with the, the hope that I could make a tribe. You know, I put every all of my effort into that. And my first two children were stolen away from me by someone older than me who had manipulated me and coached me into having children. She didn't want a family. She wanted more kids. She wanted something else to dote on. She wanted something else to take care of her. Because she had grown up taking care of her mother and her siblings. So she only knew how to have a broken household. And I was chasing my mother's love. So an older woman approached me and got the mother's, gave me the mother's love. I literally called her mom two years before we started having sex. I took off my glasses to rub my eye because I'm having an emotional experience. So, you know, I acknowledge that these, these situations are quite real. They're quite vivid. Real is a subjective matter because I dream a lot and they are real. I experience information when my consciousness is no longer framed in the awareness of awake. <laughs> um... I've tried to have other children and other experiences, and each time it has been completely rejected by the person that I engaged with. Because I never engaged with the person because they loved me. I always engaged with the person because they wanted me. They wanted my healing. They saw a light. I was a light until we started having a life together. And then they couldn't heal me the way that I could heal them. And their constant was sad versus my constant not being sad. If I could give anything in this is if I could give anything to anyone who decides to listen to this specifically. So be safe. Be safe in what you're doing. Um, be safe in what you're engaging in. Um, address yourself honestly because it's only when we're honest with ourselves. It's only when we can admit where we are can we acknowledge where we were. And where we get to go. I'm in a place where I have community. I may not have quote unquote family the way that I deem family. But there is a community here that wants to facilitate some kind of love. Whether they know how to or not is a different story. But everyone here wants love. Whether they give it or not is a different story. Whether they know how to give it or not is a different story. I'm going to be working on some plans to try to expat out of the country um, within the next year's time. So I think it's the 
what is today? The 21st of November. I pretty much do this every year. <laughs> Except I've never left the country. <laughs> Around this time of the year, uh, I noticed that I don't have family. Because this is like what they promote on all the TVs and all of the the shows and the commercials and people sell it to you in droves. Hey, you should have a family right now. Oh, you don't have a family? Oh, man, you should totally have a family. And I'm like, oh. I keep trying to make one of those, but they implode when everyone isn't in a place to recognize themselves and be earnest out loud. You got to have a bunch of other people who are just like you. In the regard to being aware, accepting, acknowledging themselves, communicating effectively. If you're not if you're not right there with that many thoughts, you know, if you don't have the ability to uh, be earnest, if you don't have the ability to um, maintain an awareness of who you are and what you want. If you don't have the ability to um, rectify what's going on in your life by yourself with no no outward assistance, then you can't really like facilitate that you're going to be able to be safe in a space with other people. And I know so many active people who are like teachers and mothers and fathers and like they engage in a community, but... Their goal after that is to absolve themselves, is to distract themselves. So many alcohol abusers, so many weed abusers, so many uh, coffee abusers, so many people who smoke, chain smoke, cigarettes. And I know so many people like that because it's easier for someone to say, oh, no, I don't. I'm not. That's not me. And I'm not doing that rather than to sit with themselves and to have that be a thing that they witness. So that they can process through it in a comfortable, safe space. But again, I don't get to make people do things. And that was a hard thing to learn, too. That was hard. Because I would love to just make a bunch of people become a group of safe space. My next tattoo is going to say safe space. It's going to go over my chest. So, this rant slash ramble, because all of these are what they are. This podcast has been brought to you by the letter W. Wanderlust is an experience where you know you're not home, but you desire to go there. It's also called, like, another thing. But (laughs) I can't think of what the synonym is at the moment. I'm experiencing Lithologica. I think I experienced Lithologica at least once during every one of these talks since I'm not programming them into my mind before I start talking about this stuff. I just happen to be processing out loud with you guys. This is a really good release for me, by the way. Um, I happen to love the fact that I get to do these. Um, I don't ask for anything. I don't want anything. Uh, I efficiently... Sorry, my mouth is a little dry. Juice doesn't make your mouth... um, (laughs) Does it make you less thirsty? But I also talked a lot today without having more water in my system. Um, I lost my train of thought. But I really, I'm really grateful that I get to put my voice out here. These are really helpful to me. 
And this is what I mean. Like, I'm so used to talking to myself, you know. I'm so used to having this experience where it's just me communicating with myself in a way that says, I know you want to understand yourself better. I know what you're trying to do. And this is why <laughs> I know people use schizophrenia as a thing where people are talking to themselves. But I know that there are voices in my head that aren't me specifically, like a deity or something like that. Spirituality and the practice that I practice. Um, that want to facilitate love in my life. I've never had anything tell me to do something negative to anything else. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Not once. I've never had a voice in my head say murder somebody, kill something, ever. Hurt somebody, kick something, throw something. I've had so many people in my life tell me to do that, though. Humans have told me to do that. But I've never had a voice in my head say, you should kill them. You should hurt them. You should maim them. You should make them suffer. Mm -mm. That has always been the human aspect of me wanting revenge. I have had many a voice tell me, mm -mm, don't do that. That's not worth it. Don't do that. You're not going to get anything from that. That's that, that situation won't calm down. Breathe. I haven't necessarily responded to that voice in like positivity all the time. But I talk to myself so much. I get so much information from the inside of my head, from the inside of my chest, from the inside of my gut, from the inside of my butt. I get so much information from those places because some people say I talk shit. That was where the butt came from. Um, I get so much information from that place, from these places, from the inside um, that I, I often don't look outwardly for any information, you know, even when I'm coming across information online, like I was a therapist that I was seeing, um, teach a class recently and, uh, it was a DBT class and their understanding of the things that they were teaching was very astute. And I, in the class, I kept interrupting. I said, I know this. And he says, well how, well, how do you know this? And well, like, why haven't you engaged with it? You know, because his job is to like figure shit out. And I'm like, no, I mean, I, I do this behavior. The thing we're describing now, mindfulness, all of the tasks that we're talking about, all of the engaging with distractions and like physical um, distractions and mental distractions and being aware and having a mental. This is all like Eastern philosophy. But even before I learned Eastern philosophy, I engaged in healthy communication to say, don't hurt me. If you do hurt me, I will hurt you. And that's always been like, oh, people go, oh, so you threatened me? I was like, no, it's not, it's not a threat. I don't, I don't do that. That's a lie. Why would I, why would I lie? Why would I tell you something not true? You know? And they go, oh, you're autistic. Cause I'm too literal or something like that. And I go, no, I'm not, I'm not anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm telling you, if you hurt me, I'll hurt you. Or I won't engage with you. I won't I won't come back around you, you know, I won't do something with you. And he's like, oh, well, you know, it's all really good and stuff because he's trying to facilitate his class. Pardon me. Um, you know, it's good to come and learn some stuff, you know, learn terminologies. And I and I couldn't help it, but it like it clicked in my head. I was like, this is whitewashing. Um, how long have I known how to be healthy and the people around me haven't been healthy? How long have I known how to engage in safe communication and the people around me, because they were older than me, have said that I wasn't engaging in safe communication? How frequently am I told that I must do something because there is an adult present or a CEO or a boss present, even though the behavior is malicious and violent? How frequently is that experience? You know, how often do you go through that? How often do I go through that? So, I don't know if I'm looking for anything other than just stewardship over people who want to be safe with me. You know? 
who all can acknowledge that they're having a bad day and not take it out on anyone else and not make anyone else suffer for the bad day that they're having and not increase anyone else's pain. And I don't want to hear that, oh, we're human and we fuck up. Nah, I want to be in a community that's conscious. I, I desire a community that's conscious of themselves and, and mentally aware of themselves. I, I have no idea how long that's going to take. You know, I, I have no idea how it's going to happen. You know, I'm all I'm doing right now is just saying that the holiday seasons are making me feel like I want to have a community. It's making me miss having a safe community because when I was like blind to all this, when I was blind to all the awareness, when I was blind to safety, when I was blind to being abusive and being abused and being misused and misusing people, when I was blind to all of that, I had such a community. Groups and groups of people that made me feel like I had a family, my chosen family. Because I don't have community in my family. In my actual born of blood family. Um, I'm a black sheep. So I've always spoke out against the uh, discriminations. And the violent um, communications between my family members. <sighs> 49 minutes and 7 seconds. 8, 9 seconds. <laughs> Um, thanks again. I tried to shut down a little earlier, but I had a little more to say. Um, but I'm, I'm rounding up in my mind right now to just shut it down. I'm grateful that I get to share these thoughts because I really look forward to my vibration, my vibration uh, not only meeting people who will want to engage with me in the way that I'm requesting right now, but to those people finding this information pertinent enough to them to heal someone, not them. My goal is always to shake the dust from something that hasn't been dusted in a while so that it can be observed as it once was. I like love. I love taking care of things because of how much care I was denied as a child. So my entire adulthood has been me facilitating care for those things around me. Thanks for listening to me be emotional. I love you. And I always tell you guys to be safe. Always, always. That's A-L-L space W-A-Y-S comma. A-L-W-A-Y-S. Always, always. This has been another episode of Barely Doing Stuff Now With Words. I'm really grateful that during this holiday season, uh, which is basically a lot of like paganistic holidays where people were slaughtered and murdered and now we celebrate it. I can be reminded that I don't have a community of people. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you guys. <laughs>